the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. Of course, we're the only show on talk radio. It's 10 years now. That's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. I will say the virus has overtaken real estate, but real estate is hot now, and people are still always talking about it. Um, today is the only one-hour Today is only one-hour show, I guess only one hour today. I wasn't sure. We have a great deal of information, and um, I want to be able to give that to you. I'm happy to introduce Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Bonatuso. Hi, Ace. I'm not sure if Ace is there. Um, I'd like to thank Citizens Bank, which works with Douglas Elliman as a preferred lender. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and we thank them for their support. They also support their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking, a 24-7 customer and contact center. You can easily find out information at citizensbank.com. That's citizensbank.com. Citizens has opened up a COVID-19 resource center, and they want you to know that they're always there for you. Um, they understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress that COVID-19 crisis has been causing everyone. So if you need relief or maybe just have any questions or concerns um, about your financial institution uh, situation or maybe anybody in your families, please contact them. You can get them at helpful services and resources, and that includes economic impact payments, stimulus payments, financial hardship payments, assistance online and mobile banking. So you never have to leave your house if you don't want to. Also, uh, our co-host also with us is Steve Ebert, who is a part of the LLP. Good morning, Steve. And I can't really hear you. I don't know what the sound is not great today, but um, good morning. And, of course, well, well, if you have any legal questions or dilemmas about real estate, please give Stephen a call right now at 866-970-8622. You can also reach us. You can reach me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me at Dottie at .com. Um You can find us, uh, I on Real Estate, uh, our Facebook page, and there you will get Stephen and Ace's uh, direct website. Of course, you can call us live, and if you're going to call us live, we always love to hear from our listeners, and that's 866-970-96622. Call us. We love to hear from you. 
I always tell you about today's day in history. So um, in 1964, the first Buffalo Wings deep-fried chicken were made at the Anchor Bar up in Buffalo, New York. And in 1985, the Space Shuttle Advances made its maiden flight. Um, in 1995, the O.J. Simpson's case officially ended, and I remember that went on forever. I remember watching the uh, verdict. We all went to this restaurant. It was in the afternoon, and we all went to this restaurant bar, and we all waited for the results, which everyone was kind of shocked at. Um, that was a memorable time. Uh, not good memories, but it was a memorable time. I remember those uh, the trials of that. And in 2008, the United States American reviews a $700 billion bill, billion dollar bill known as the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act. I have uh, a lot to talk to you today, but I want to first uh, give you a little buzz on what's going on in Manhattan because uh, Douglas Elman released their market reports. And so that, you know, even though the Manhattan home sales were down 46%, um, this, you know, the strong demand to buy homes and limited supply hasn't trickled down to Manhattan yet, okay? Because Manhattan was hard hit, and so, you know, because across the country, real estate is flying off the shelf. I just was on a phone call. I chair the uh, National Association NAR top 50 companies in the country, and across the country, everyone said real estate is just, off the wall. So it's, we're not feeling that yet in Manhattan, but it is coming back. I'm checking with all our offices at Douglas Holman. They're busy. Um, listing inventory soared in the third quarter, um, but the number of sales dropped. Now, a lot of people listed their properties, and I think I've told you when you have more inventory than demand, you're in a buyer's market. When you have more demand than inventory or in a sales market. So I'd say the city is pretty much a buyer's market. So those people who have dreamed of being in the city or those people who have uh, suffered with the corona being in a small apartment and think, oh, goodness, I think I just need more space now, it's a wonderful time to buy in New York City. On a national um, level, as, as I said, it's down from the year before, but we also had a shutdown. So everything is down from the year before, even though it's busy. So listing inventory in the third quarter of 2020 doubled compared to the second quarter. So it's showing you that this quarter, which ended in September, was a lot busier than the quarter before, which was basically spring into summer. Um, so that's a good sign. Price rose in um, in the third quarter, which we're in now, and the median sales price jumped 7% year over year to about $1.1 million. Now, that's in New York City. And when I tell that to people across the country, when they could get mansions for $1.1 it's so expensive, <laughs> even with a discount. So for those of you who are looking to, to do to buy, it really is a very good time to buy. Contract activity in Manhattan still remained low compared to this time last year, um, but that's expected. I think people are going to see because, of course, you know, we just saw what happened to the president, and we, uh, before that even, they've been saying there's going to be a second wave, and hopefully, I mean, I'm optimistic about the second wave. I'm hoping that it'll be here, but it won't be quite as bad. Um, 
but I think people are kind of waiting to see what, what's going to go on there. And again, um, we'll talk about that a little later. A lot of the restaurants, you know, they're open, but they're only allowed a small capacity inside and it's starting to get chilly. So uh, hard for them to survive. Uh, if you, and it's, it's, it's people, I mean, I live around Central Park South, which is where all the hotels were, and uh, I can tell you it's ghost town here because of all the travel bans that there are across the country, so you don't have tourism the way that we did. And uh, theater is not going to be open, so it's going to take a while. And I, you know, I did something. I think I don't know, Steve, if you agree or not, but I did something on Facebook or I think, and I could have wrote how much I love New York, and you know that it will definitely come back, and how dedicated the people that are real New Yorkers are to really sticking with it and 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 helping you know get get it back on 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 track. And. Um, I, I got mostly positive responses, but I had a couple people that wrote, you know, you're crazy and you're wrong. What is your feel on it, Ace or Steve? I, what do you sure. think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some there are mixed signs. Um, but if you if you look and if you look at the signs that matter, you, you'll see a number of things. Number one. Um, you know, I've been driving in. I come in from Westchester into the city, and you can see more of a buzz on traffic and people coming in. Now, I'm not saying that um, it's where it was pre, but it's, there's a definitely a big difference what I've been seeing in September than I saw in June and July on an order of magnitude. Traffic, people, and things going on. Um, now, what's going to happen is you're going to see signs like that in which things are increasing, but in the short term, you may still see negative results. And you'll say, how does that make sense? And I'll give you the example of the restaurants. Realistically speaking, a restaurant can't be profitable at 25% capacity. The economics yeah. just don't work. So what you're still going to see is two trends exactly that are opposite from one another. You're going to start seeing more and more people, more things happening, and at the same time, unfortunately, you're still going to see restaurants and some other places shut down. So some people might take, in my opinion, what is a short-term answer, confuse it with a long-term answer of saying, look, there's a place they still haven't reopened, maybe that place closed down, and they'll take that anecdotal evidence and, and make a negative conclusion. But if you actually look what's behind the scenes, things take time. You want to build a building, it's not ready in a day. You want to put out a new business, you have to search for a site and that takes time. So you're going to see a lot of mixed information for a period of time. And then what's going to happen is at some point, election day is over, at some point you will see um, – an increase in therapeutics, an increase in vaccination that will get deployed, and then all of a sudden people will uh, reposition. But what we're seeing, and it fits in with this trend, is while we're seeing softness in the residential leasing market, we see strength in the purchase-sale market, where people are saying, my goodness, rates are amazing, there's some negotiability now. There are some folks who can't wait it out and need to sell. Let me get my deal because I'm buying a place now. And I literally had this conversation with a client yesterday. He said, I'm buying a place now that a year ago I wouldn't have been able to afford and probably a year from now I won't be able to afford. And they and they well, struck while the iron is right. But, you know, Steve, you were just talking about restaurants and you know and again um i think i read this actually i did i read it in the real deal and it it was uh 
It says all half of New York's restaurants and bars are doomed. Employment only at fifty five percent of pre pandemic levels and I basically not to read the whole article, uh that it says that the pandemic has battered New York City's hospitality industry and that there was a new audit that was released down at its restaurants and bars. And while outdoor dining started during phase two of the city's reopening, only 44% of restaurants have participated in that initiative. And uh, there's some kind of poll, I think uh, a platform, there's a poll that they says, and they say that uh, employment within the industry has rebounded slightly since the start of the pandemic, thanks to the outdoor dining. And um, they give it a bleak thing. I mean, the New York restaurant is, is vital to our economy, and I, I urge everyone, as I have on every show, to support your local industries and uh, visit them or take out from them. Um, so they can, say I, that can I add one thing, Dottie, about that? Housing permanent. What? Can I just add one thing about the restaurant board? I'm just telling you what I read. Sure, no, of course, but I want to make one point. You're going to get, and and by the way, they are going through a very tough time, and what I'm about to say is not at all to disagree with that. They are. But let me just also say one thing. You are going to hear a lot more negative than positive, because also what's going on right now, there is a negotiation of additional bailout money. And it's very hard to go ask the government for money if you say everything is positive. So, and I'm not doubting there is negative news. Everything that you just said is 100% true, but you are going to get the most negative possible spin on it because how do you put a positive spin out of your mouth and then put your hand out for, uh, you know, for assistance? You can't. So there is going to be, you know, a leaning towards the most negative news possible. And so we but should, we need to put that in context. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And Steve, that, I, as I said, that wasn't my opinion at all one oh, way or the other. I was reading that in the real deal. And to your point, which I think everybody listening to us should know, when you read the papers or however you get your information or you listen to the news or you go on the Internet, um, good things and sunny skies don't sell papers. So everything is kind of slanted, I would say, to the negative. So I think you kind of have to read what you read and then kind of really do a little bit of homework. And you just can't believe everything that's in print um, because it's it's not necessarily – it's, it's kind of the way you spin something. And you can spin something in a positive way. I can take numbers and make them look positive or negative depending on how I spin them. So I, to your point um, – Absolutely agreed on the numbers. We all know that New York took a very big hit. And I have to tell you, you know, I I think that people are coming back. I see the same thing you said. I took pictures of kind of where I live around, and then I took pictures of Fifth Avenue maybe a month and a half ago, and there wasn't one car. And now, you know, it's just starting to be traffic again, and people, you know, are back. And we're going to wait and see how the schools or the schools are open, the city schools are open now. We're going to see how they do and uh, if they stay open. And it's a challenge for the schools, too, you know, because they have to, you know, people now have the option of sending their children to school or schooling them virtually. And um, I believe, and my daughter's a teacher, I believe like 40%, probably only 40% of the kids are in school. But So they have to have a teacher that's an in-house teacher that goes to the school every day and teaches small classes. 
And then they have to have another teacher who teaches the same exact classes virtually. So they kind of have to have double the staff as far as that goes. It's, so it's, it's, you, know, you, you, hit, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. You're absolutely right. It's interesting. Some schools are having some shortages, some substitute teachers have been permanent because of the exact issue that you point out. And, and, and we're going through the same thing. I have school-age kids, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting challenge. And, look, this also affects worker productivity. You ask any parent that has a kid in elementary school, you know, middle school, high school, the stress levels that these people are going through, the, you know, you get an email, you know, every morning you have a 30-minute window, more or less, maybe a one-hour window, depending upon the district, that you have to, for every child, send in a health form every single day. So literally, besides getting the kids ready, getting to work, trying to focus, you're getting pinged all different ways. And that's very stressful and impacts productivity for uh, working parents a lot. Yeah, no, it's it's very challenging. I sit on the board of Adelphi Universities. That's challenging. I mean, you know, you have dorms. The dorms have to be reconformed. They have to have, uh, you know, contingencies. What if somebody from out of state that's uh, a storming gets the virus um, and can't leave? Where, where do they put them? They had to redo their Starbucks and all their, you know, their dining places in the in the institutions as far as the universities, because of social distancing. So this has really been a very big challenge for everybody. And, uh, oh, I just, it's, it's kind of tiresome, and it's pretty, but I just hope, you know, I think that we'll get through it. I mean, this will be a period that nobody will ever forget um, at all. I, I think that the math business is doing very well. My girlfriend, <laughs> and she she started to ask because nobody was buying her gowns because there was nowhere to go. We were virtually on lockdown. So she started before before everybody else really started with the like the fancy masks. She started making all these masks and she's like, I'm making a fortune. She's not a fortune, but she's really making a living. She took her business. She realized pretty early in the game that, you know, if there was nowhere to go, you really wouldn't need that beautiful designer gown anymore. So she did started doing masks out of her house, and she's uh, doing quite well with them. Um, but they predict, uh, then again, this is as of now, and I think with uh, what's going on every day, you have to listen to a different update, you know, to see what's changed or things have changed. But the cities that most are at risk are Munich, Frankfurt, Toronto, and I have a friend who has a big real estate company. It's a family business. They've been in business for hundreds, 100 years it's a family and I'm going to have him on the show but Toronto is one of them Hong Kong, Paris, Amsterdam, Zurich and uh, you know I think everyone's going through this and the, out of 25 cities analyzed Chicago was the only location where the real estate market was deemed undervalued and Chicago has been undervalued for a long time before the pandemic it was undervalued uh, New York now because what's happened to New York is prices have come down. And now New York is ranked as slightly overvalued. Well, well you know, well, uh, Singapore, Milan, and Dubai are seen as being fairly valued. So we are still overvalued, according to these polls, a little bit overvalued. But we were so high. So, you know, it's kind of like when the world just gets a reset, you know, and I think that's kind of what's happening. 
I think we have a commercial break, and I, I, I'm having a hard time hearing it, but I think we have a commercial break. We'll be right back. I have a question for Steve. Okay, so we have some questions from, from Dear Dottie and Steve and, and, and Ace questions. So we'll be right back to answer some of your questions. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I heard the ads over the radio, and I just had a good feeling about this. I like that there's no additives or anything like that in the way they freeze-dry it. It's fruits and vegetables, and what can be wrong with that, you know? Especially without the additives and the synthetics that they put into some of these vitamins. Just different stuff like that that all added up to the point where I thought to myself, well, i got to give it a shot. So that's the reason I started with them, and then when I did it, it was just a better feeling. And I used to take some natural vitamins, but I cut them all out. They were good stuff, but they weren't what this is. And my wife had some issues with different stuff, and they disappeared. I I actually got them for her because she's got some problems. This actually helped her out, and she feels a lot better. She had pains in her lower legs, and she doesn't get the pain in the legs. It used to be from the knees down to the ankle. She used to get these pains in there, and she doesn't get that anymore. And she had starbursts with the cars, like when you're driving at nighttime, and the glare of their lights formed like a starburst. She doesn't get that anymore. And I get a feeling of well-being, so I'm thankful for that. With all that, you're representing, I think, a good company. And I think you got a good man in charge over there, and I hope he keeps it up, you know. He just seemed like a guy that's sincere trying to help somebody. And he just hit the nail on the head with this stuff, I think. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers take am 970 the answer anywhere you go with our mobile app get in on itunes google play or listen on tune in iheart alexa or radio.com in an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust at a time where it's difficult to find facts not just opinion there is an oasis in the news desert it's the cats roundtable 
John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're back, and we are back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with my co-host, Ace Flores Huparp, our financial expert, and Steve Ebert, who is a legal eagle, and uh, myself, who are... Uh, I know pretty much about real estate, but if there's anything I don't know, I'll sure find it out. If there's anything that we don't know, we will certainly do the homework for you and help you. And we try to keep you informed, and all three of us uh, kind of are on the ground. We just don't write about stuff, and I'm not faulting any writers, but a lot of times people who write about things, sometimes even people that teach things, really don't have practical experience. We're all in the, in the trenches ourselves, and so we kind of see firsthand what's going on. Um, we're going to take some questions, and I have a question um, from Chester, and, and then we're going to continue um, from last week where I was telling you how to do residencies um, and if you want to move to another state. But I first want to take a, a question from Chester on, I think, foreclosures. Good morning, Chester. How are you doing today? Uh, good morning, Ms. Herman. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I appreciate it. Um, I live in a townhouse development. And uh, we have five units that are in foreclosure. And um, the, uh, the, bank, uh, the banks that hold the foreclosures, they're paying the property taxes, but they're not paying the HOA fees. And I would like to know uh, what we can do about recovering the HOA fees. Good question. Great, great question. Thanks for asking. The... The HOA does have a right as a matter of statute um, to have a lien against the property for the amount of the unpaid HOA fees, plus, depending upon how the... HOA fees... Sure, a homeowner's association. And, and, And generically speaking, a homeowner's association is more of a generic term, right? You could call a condominium tower a homeowner's association, or in this case... You know, a collection of townhouses as well. So it's more of a generic term, and in certain parts of the country, you hear more that term versus just a condominium. <clears throat> but, but they're very similar. So what happens is in the rules and in the New York statute, the homeowners association has the right to put a lien on the property for the amount of the unpaid dues. Um, also, if the bylaws allow allow for it, which most do, they can assert a late fee, and also they can go after them for the fees to collect. The problem that you find, and this is why some of the associations are hesitant to do this, is do they want to throw good money after bad money? There is a cost of collection, and what happens is there is a lien by the bank. And in most cases, the way it ends up working out is the bank has more priority. 
than the condominium. So what we get into is it really boils down to the value of the property, right? If the, if the property is worth 500000 if they sold it, but the mortgage and back taxes is 490000 you know, right? There's not a lot of room for the HOA to get their back money. Um, so what a lot of times happens, it's a little bit of game of chicken. The banks eventually, and it's a little bit of a long process in New York, um, will try to sell the property on foreclosure. And as part of that process, the HOA comes in and tries to negotiate some settlement as part of it. Um, the interesting thing, even though a little bit more than the question, this is the one thing, as much as they might be difficult with their approval process, in a co-op transaction, a co-op, because of the way it's set up, will always get their money before the bank, interestingly enough. So this is where you will see a difference between the two. So oh. I think the thing, so my last point, the thing to do is the board of your HOA needs to get together. They need to do at least some market analysis and see how much is really owed on these properties and what the value is, and then make a decision to see if it makes sense to take action to try to collect um, or not. And, and, and in the interim, unfortunately, the other homeowners who are paying really have to cover the gap. And this is why reserves are important and assessments happen. Uh, the last point on it is that there are some banks that give specialty loans to homeowners associations to actually finance out some of these um, surprise hits or capital improvements. So that could be another thing for the board to look into. Okay. That, uh, Does that answer? I'm not... Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that paints a pretty dim picture. <laughs> Uh, it's it's not perfect, but I'll tell you the biggest thing. step number one is you got to do your homework. It's really all about value. You know, are we talking about homeowners who are having a liquidity problem today where they just can't pay, but the value is there in the real estate, or if the whole situation is underwater? No, um, no the whole situation's underwater. The people have left, and, um, and this has been going on for several years now. Uh, some units were sold. I'm not sure how many were were uh, were sold, and now there's new people in there. But we we've got a situation now where we probably have got about a hundred and seventy thousand uh, dollars that they're going to write off, so to speak. Unfortunately, that does happen. Um, the, the, and, 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 and I'm sorry for that bad news, um, but sometimes it does make sense. It's sort of a sunk cost. I, I think, though, you know, you may want to, the board of the HOA may want to use this as an opportunity to really rethink some of the bylaws. Um, you know, this is where you're going to most likely need super majorities um, to change it. But, you know, the, while the wound is fresh, you know, maybe the HOA might consider, and some HOAs do this, uh, a small minority do, but some do this, where they require minimum amounts down of a prospective buyer. And they got to consult the rules because you it's not like a co-op where the board could really change that year to year, depending upon the board. You know, you need more buy-in um, and support from the ownership, but if you have that because it's such a financial hit, you may they may want to consider an amendment bylaw to say, look, people have to put twenty percent down, so we know people have equity in case this situation arises. Something to consider, and I think the board should, you know, talk with its management company, accounting, legal, and have an open forum eventually with the owners 
to see what they can do and learn from this to try to avoid at least this happening in the future. Yeah, well, now what's happening is that people are fighting like cats and dogs because um, what's happened is is that um, over the last several years, uh, nobody was paying attention to this. And um, when we get the financial statement, uh, it, it wasn't really reflecting uh, what was going on as far as the fees. They were just showing what was uh, being carried, what was uh, uh, the uh, what was the losses for that year, but not what was cumulative, so to speak. So now all of a sudden that we we see that they want to carry over, they want to basically uh, carry over uh, five years worth of fees. And uh, all of a sudden, we've woken up to the situation where we've got a lot of money that we now have to uh, deal with. I understand. I mean, look, it's unfortunately. Yeah. Good answer. I think maybe you can get everyone together. And uh, that's the other thing you said that's difficult. People have different opinions on everything. As um, I tell people, I think maybe if you're involved with the board, you can say to everyone, look, we can fight and argue, and, um, you know, what do they say? United, we stand, divided, we fall. I mean, the only way you have any possibilities is if everybody really stands together. And if it's all divided and everyone's fighting, you, you won't get anywhere. So keep us posted on the outlook. Just keep us posted. So that's really, a, unfortunately, an interesting situation. I'm sure it's not only happening to your uh, association. The, the, the other point I just want to make is a general one also. The financial statements that come out, there's an art to looking at them. I mean, I've looked at, I don't know, I've probably looked at the financials for over the years, probably tens of thousands of buildings. And there's different styles to it. There's different ways to make it a little bit more positive or a little bit more negative. You know, just, you know, you're, God, you were making the point about like 10 minutes ago, give me market data and I can, I can spin it one way or another. But right. the key thing is if you live in a homeowner's association, a condominium, a co-op, uh, any sort of community, Ask questions. Don't don't be embarrassed if you're not sure. Ask the question because some of this information, while it's totally accurate, it may not make sense, right? One of the things I view my job when I'm representing a buyer, really one of the biggest values is being a filter, right? How do you take information and make it relevant to to people? And that and that's absolutely critical. So when you get that, if it doesn't make sense, talk to the right person to make sure it's relevant and understandable. Good luck with that. I think we're thank you and thank you for calling attention. Good luck. Keep us posted. I think we have a commercial break. I've got, we haven't taken a, so we've had a lot of questions the last couple of weeks that we haven't taken. We're going to do that after the break. And I want to continue um, from last week. We started telling you how to do residency. If you are leaving New York or you're staying in New York, we'll do that um, after the break. We'll be right back. Hi, 
Hi, I'm lifestyle and fashion editor Julie Sagaskin. I'm fitness director Lisa Avellino. And I'm nutrition director Jackie Justice. Wondering what cutting calories and wearing a low-cut dress have in common when it comes to your mind and metabolism? Then tune in to our brand new show. Ladies, it's It's not not our fault. It's our hormones and high heels. We'll give you the scoop. And so will our celebrity guests. It's time to get fit and find your perfect fit. Sponsored by Balance 3H+, a doctor-created, medically-supervised total wellness program that uses evidence-based science that's helped thousands of women reclaim their youthful spirit and zest for life. B3H Plus will design a program just for you. It's time to refresh and reboot so you can live better and look younger longer. Call today, 914-703-4811 or go to balance3hplus.com and join Julie, Lisa, and Jackie for... Ladies, it's not our fault. It's our hormones and high heels. Saturday afternoons at 3 on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial because my schedule is like crazy. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You will receive two sets for one low price plus free shipping. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Please be sure to use that promo code AM970. Two sets of Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Need a will, trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you and me plan their estates and protect their families for 40 years. Talk with Mike Connors in a free, comprehensive telephone conversation consultation to see how he can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. Have all your questions answered from the security of your home during these difficult times. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Now is not the time to put it off. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free telephone consultation with Mike Connors himself. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Or visit connorsandsullivan.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with Senator Chuck Schumer about a subject on everyone's mind, the coronavirus and what's being done about it. It's Reaching Out at a special time, Saturday afternoon at 1.30 on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. 
Uh, we're back, and you're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Artoothpop, our financial expert, and Steve, Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle, myself, Sadie Herman, CEO of Douglas Elliman Real Estate. And we're answering some questions. I have a, a call on the phone. Um, Irina? Um, good morning, Irina. You have a question for Steve? Yes, hello. Thank you for taking my call. So I have a question on this. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a question on the status of the fees to the real estate agents. I know that there were some challenges in the court. Uh, so were there any new developments or um, it stands the, the way it was in March? Sure. What do you mean by fees to the real estate agents? Are you talking about commissions when a property is leased or sold, or is it you're talking about some of the fees like a a credit check fee or something like that? No, no. Uh, sorry, the, the commission to the real estate agent. I mean, commissions are completely legal. Um, there's, there's no question on that, and, and I would even argue that's the fundamental purpose of, of getting a, a real estate license, right? That allows you to earn a commission for doing this work. Um, mm -hmm. There has been some evolution over the years. There are a few firms on the margin that provide a lower level of service, and then they refund a portion of the commission. Right, so I know of a couple of, and they tend to be small companies, and what they say is, look, we're not going to be full service, but what we'll do is we'll give you 20% of the commission we earn back to you. Years ago, it was very questionable if that was legal, it was just uncertain, and, and, and in New York State, they have ruled that if it is directly back to your client, that's okay. You can't rebate to a non-broker a non-licensed professional, but if it is your own client on that deal, you're allowed to do that. Is that maybe the question, or is it something else? Uh, well, remember in March, right before the pandemic started, uh, mm -hmm. the and I, well, you know, when they, they passed the law of limiting the fees for the credit checks and also saying that the commissions are also prohibited. And I believe on, like, on March 15th, there was a court case filed for that. No, commissions are not. Commissions have never been prohibited. There were limits to ancillary fees. The biggest one mm -hmm. being like credit checks, for example. Like so, right. what was what was very common in the past um, were credit check fees would be over a hundred dollars, and now mm -hmm. they're capped as to the lower of the actual or twenty dollars. Now, I, I, now I will tell you something on that point. I, I disagree with that point, and I'll tell you why. Even though they're trying to be pro-consumer, the fact is you cannot run a quality credit check. And I'm not talking about, like, one of those free Internet ones, which are missing a lot, for $20. And every time you rent a property and the broker does a credit check, they, they're losing money. And that also puts in a tough situation because there are, you know, application fees and work that's done, and they only get paid if the deal gets done. So particularly for the brokerages that do a lot of rental work, the margins are actually very low, and they have plenty of transactions that don't work out, and, and they get hit with a lot of fees that they have to try to make up elsewhere. So what I would say is this. The laws that, that you're talking about, 
who impacted those ancillary fees that brokers and also landlords were allowed to charge on the rental side, but it didn't really affect the commissions. It did change things about how much rent, right? You can only pay one month's rent, one month's security on private apartments. It used to be that they could be higher. And, and, you know, what's interesting about that, if I can just add, that that actually hurts some tenants, too. It may help somebody on the margin, but there are plenty of people who are may have bad credit or in tough situations where if they put a little bit more security, the landlord would feel okay. But now mm-hmm. landlords are not renting to some of those people because they're nervous that they're, they're, there's not money behind someone with questionable credit and in an environment where they can't bring a non-payment action. So um, these are, I think, parts of the problem also what's going on in the rental market. And, and, and it's a law that I think meant well, but this is what happens when you have an issue that really needs a laser beam that they're just shooting a cannon, and they caught up too many other things. Um, yeah. And we've talked about this on the show. This has also impacted short-term rentals. It's been an issue in that part yeah. of the market as well. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of that, right. I, you know, seeing You're that, welcome. I have a question that somebody just put in, and they say, um, I live in a private community, and I wanted to rent my house out for six months. And the Homeowners Association is saying that they will only accept a 12-month lease. I got an offer for six months, and I can't afford to refuse it. Is there any way around it? So so a couple things. Uh, number one, let me just give a little bit of background on it. When something is zoned residential, it cannot have a transient lease. A transient lease is really short-term. You know, transient sort of like an extended stay hotel or a regular hotel. So generally speaking, in the state of New York, residential properties, leases need to be 30 days or more. That, that's the, Otherwise, if it's under 30, it's thought of as like a transient-type property. However... A homeowners association is allowed to have be stricter, and so they can put in a one-year requirement. Now, I'm not saying that they would go for this, but I have seen people <laughs> sign one-year leases and put in a clause that after six months, either party could cancel the lease. Maybe that might satisfy the community. Yeah. Well, it's worth a try. It's worth a try. That, that's how it approach um, it. Right. So, Irina, I'm not sure if we answered your question, but basically, if there was a real estate fee involved, um, you know, and that I, I assume you're going to have to pay it unless you call the real estate themselves or who's ever handling that transaction or charging it and try to work something out with them. No, uh, actually, I am renting an apartment, and one of the you're tenants, uh, potential tenants, brought it up that now, you know, the real estate agent cannot charge a fee. Um, so I just wanted to confirm it. Well, I, I think they may misunderstand a couple of things, and they may be complaining. Mm-hmm. Again, the fees are limited, like we talked about, like the credit check and yeah, so yeah. forth. Correct. Now, right. here's what I would say. This issue goes back and forth depending upon the strength of the market. You can have a deal in which the tenant pays the commission, or you can have a deal where the landlord pays the commission. Yeah. When the yeah. rental yeah. market yeah. is is high, you know, is when there's lower supply, tenants have been paying the commission. Right. Where things right. are now maybe a little bit softer and a little bit more towards the tenant side, I'm seeing more mm-hmm. landlords pay the commission, and maybe yeah. that and that that is a business decision, not a legal one. 
yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about legal decision. So I have another question, but if it's too late, I'll call next week. Okay, call us next week with your question. Have a good weekend and stay safe. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, I one more. I I mean I have a bunch, but I'll I'll try to get to them. Um, dear uh, Gotti Stephen Ace, can I break my lease on my apartment due to a safety and health hazard concern I have in the building? Um, inter- it's an interesting question. Um, there is a, recently there is a federal law. That it's and by the way, this is very unusual to actually have a federal law, in my opinion, getting involved in landlord-tenant lease enforcement and, and evictions. Um, but it was COVID-related, so um, that if certain localities didn't have certain rules in place, if there were COVID-related reasons, um, you know, evictions couldn't happen. Um, and this goes into January. So when it talks about the tough part about a question like this is that is there something specific going on? Is there maybe an outbreak or or is it just a matter of I don't think the building is being strict enough? I you know, it you know, they are they saying that oh they should be wiping down surfaces every hour on the hour in my opinion and only doing it once a day and then I don't feel safe. So that that's the tough part about this question. Um so we need a bit more detail to really answer yeah, that. Yeah, you'll have to the call. You you'll have to, um, Jolene, that's from New York City. Jolene, you'll have to be a little bit more specific. And I think, as Steve said, it would have to be if there's any chance there would have to be something very specific that they were doing that was unsafe. Um, you know, I was just here. I just asked somebody the other day. There's a, a couple of a bunch of buildings in New York City that are condos and hotels at the same time. And if the hotels are open, um, they um, I'm, I'm, I'm told that they have no guidelines, that there's no national guidelines that they have to follow. So the hotels can really, um, with their guests, if they're open, they can, you know, they can be strict and take temperatures and things like that, or they might not have, and they, or they don't have to do any of that. So um, I think that this uh, whole COVID thing has brought up some issues and things that we've never dealt with before. So we're going to try to work through them all, and if we can help you, um, you know, there's always something that they left out or they didn't think through enough. Um, so the questions are good. We want to hear them, and if there's a, if, if there's no, if they can't be answered right away, um, I always say, and I think Steve and Ace, and we have always told you, the worst that can happen, the best way to handle things is to take the problem first and go to the building managers or and see if you can kind of work out something together where both people win or maybe there's a compromise um, because before we have to go to court, and then I would just guess, Steve, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm guessing that the courts would be overwhelmed. I know we're going to talk about that uh, victim moratorium later on the show, but I, I would imagine they're packed. So it's always better, you know, no matter what the issue is, if you can resolve it amicably between the parties. And, and the thing on that point is part of it's also the economics, right? Even if you're right, let's just say, but what's the cost? I mean, if you're fighting over, and this is not to discount money to anybody, but if you're fighting over $5,000, let's say, you know, the courts are not well equipped to handle 
disputes at that level. Yes, we have a small claims court, but if you're trying to bring in a law firm to do the work, it's very hard to make the economics work in, in such a, a situation. So keep that in mind, um, and, and keep that also in mind for the other side, too, in trying to negotiate a compromise. Uh, and again, the last thing is really get your facts straight. It's so important. You know, and, and I hate to say this, it's not always, it's, it's got to be more than just a feeling. Um, you re- really get as much detail and, and keep good notes. The wonderful thing about email, you know, you get a time and a date stamp on it, right? You can prove when that was done. It's not just, well, I th- think I wrote it on a piece of paper on this date. And if, if you want to recall something, what I tell clients is send an email even to yourself. There's value in the legal system if you write down notes after an event happens versus you're trying to recall it three years later when you're at trial. So write an email to yourself even um, or, or, or do something so you can time date stamp that. And um, I did a little homework on this. I have a, a question that came in during the week, and I have a bunch, but I'll make this the last one for today. Um, if commercial gyms can reopen, why can't the one in my building? And, um, you know, it's, and I, I did read that the state guidelines do not differentiate between standalone gyms and those inside residential buildings. Because a, a lot of buildings that you purchase, there's a gym in the building, and that's one of the amenities that you're paying for when you purchase an apartment. And I can tell you from being in the real estate business that a gym is key. Like, people want to have gyms in their building. Um, so... Uh, if, if they're not open, which most of them I don't believe are, um, even though the gyms have reopened in New York City, um, what can you do if your gym isn't open? I'm not sure that you can do really much, right, Steve? I mean, I'm not an attorney, but... Right, so assuming, let's say, the building owns the gym and it's an amenity that's included, um, keep in mind the buildings are not making money off the gym versus if you're a standalone gym, that's your business. So there's a real incentive for a standalone gym to open up to get back to business versus a building might say, you know what, we don't make money off this. In fact, if we open the gym, not only do we run the risk of people interacting and not follow the rules, but it costs us money. We got to we got to now take some of the staff of the building and constantly clean and supervise. And that cost, they may say, it's not worth the risk and the liability. Um, here's where I would say there is a difference if you live in a co-op or a condo that has a gym, because ultimately that's a decision that the board can make, versus, though, if you live in a rental building. And I would just say if you're in a rental building, you may be paying a certain rent to get that amenity. And if that's the case, I, I would make a different kind of complaint to your landlord and say, look, I'm paying you X dollars a month. I assume they have a gym. If you're closing the gym, maybe give me a little discount on my rent. Um, so something to consider. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just reading on that, that, you know, to open the gyms, they need to meet ventilation requirements. They have to space all the equipment out differently. It's like a lot, you know, they have to figure how to sanitize the area regularly. So it's a lot of work and probably a lot of money. So, uh, and there's a big case against New York sports. With that too. Yeah. So, um, okay. So with that, we are coming to the 11 o'clock news. And then after that, we are going to continue. We have some mortgage information, but we're going to continue with our we didn't finish last week with how to do residency if you're leaving New York City.
Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.